0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, people, Unfiltered Band back in business, and uh, I'm calling this uh, part two of episode 13. I had to, uh, had a life thing to take care of. You know, kids, dogs, cats living together. I don't like cats, though. I don't like cats. I always feel like it's bad like when you tell people you don't like cats who love cats. Like I've never had like it and it really is a Jack Burns meet the parents thing because I never really had a situation where in life and I love dogs. Like where I've ever even thought. Like the in my building there are a bunch of dogs, right? So Like, you know, sometimes you you get like people in the elevator and you're like, they don't really want you in there. They're like, I'll wait for the next one. I've got packages or like, you know, like because I've got my golden retriever and they're afraid of dogs. It's okay, It's totally cool. But I've never like been somebody who if you're afraid, like you don't or you don't like dogs, you don't like dogs. What are you a moron? Like I've never been that way. You ever tell somebody who loves cats that you don't love cats? It's like the craziest thing. Like what is wrong with what is this a religion to like cats? Is it some political, like, is, is it, like, your belief system? It's like, are you serious? I mean, you got to be kidding me with, with the, the, the obsession with people who love cats. It's like, you don't love cats. We are the people who love cats. It's a little crazy, but I took the dog out. He peed. Everything went wonderful. Now, where were we? You know, real life, people. This is why we're unfiltered. I mean, come on. It's like, you know, and it brings me, and I, I won't go too much on a tangent, but I've been, there are like times my like, I, I hold my tongue more than you think. People think I'm very outspoken. I am. But I hold my tongue way more than you think. Because there are times where like, I see people and I'm like, what the heck wrong with you? Like, why are people so conscious and overly conscious about if people knew what they felt or like how they like really acted? Like, getting it's so terrible that society is that way, and you have to be, like, fake about so many things in life. And it, really is, it really is unfortunate because I see people sometimes, and I'm like, just be you, you know? No, this is unfiltered. I'm not editing. <clears throat> I don't have a crew here. Like, you know, my crew are here all under eight years old or have four legs, you know? And I have a dog and three kids. Ba-dum-bum. All right. I want to get back into the first half and getting into All-Star. <clears throat> Dad jokes 101. That's what you do. But Cowboys fans are the worst, and that makes everything better. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things here from the first half, all right? And we'll get deeper into All-Star in tomorrow's pod, episode 14, which Spilly will be with me. We're going to really delve into. I didn't want to touch on it much other than the snubs, but we're going to delve into the selections and the first halves and some of the great stories and some of that stuff. So you're really going to get a lot of that. But... I wanted to hit a couple of different things here in terms of team-wise from the first half. I'm sitting there, and I tweeted about this, but I really wanted to expound on it here in part two. It is amazing how much everything I've always said about the GPS being tied to baseball teams continues to really be true in terms of how you feel as a fan. If you haven't heard me discuss this before, and I've done this for years on air, and I think I did on a podcast, maybe in the first episode, but I have always attributed Google Maps, right, or MapQuest versus the GPS to teams that have no idea what they're doing that drive you up a wall and make you just bananas crazy in the wrong direction as a fan to the teams that you will be more patient with, get aggravated, but kind of stick with and you believe in right? It is the difference between Google Maps and MapQuest. Like, they think COVID broke up relationships. I don't even know. I wish we had numbers on how many MapQuest breakups we had because that was like a nightmare. I don't know what was worse. You people at me on Twitter let me know because I really don't know what was worse. I've been on both sides of it, but when you were driving as that person and someone's trying to, like, Key, you can't look. It's in the dark. They're pointing to you. Like, I can't see what arrow that is. Like, I don't know what that says on the roundabout where to go. And they're like reading it to you. Or if it's worse, I think being the passenger, because you don't know what the hell's going on. You can't see it anyway. And even when it's there, it doesn't even make any sense. Like, this road doesn't look like that road. And by the time you say it, the, the driver is three blocks down, you've got to go turn the whole way around anyway. It's a nightmare. But as a fan, the point is, when you don't know what your team is doing, it is, it is a nightmare. It sucks. There is nothing worse. There is nothing. what your team is doing. When you don't know what your team is doing as a fan, it is the worst. And we've had this situation, I mean, I've had this situation as a fan many times, but I think more so, it's a pain in the ass, and I've discussed this, since we've gotten to this era where everyone knows about everything anyway like you know all the Like somebody used to sell you on oh this prospect is going to be great and here's you know what he can do and you're like yeah i just watched seven videos on the guy he can't throw that curveball what the hell are you going to tell me now like it's not like that anymore right now we know everything but in this era of knowing everything and where we live in with all of that somehow seemingly it has gotten worse that they lie to you even more if you don't want to win, just tell me you don't want to win. If you're not willing to try and win, just tell me you're not willing to try and win. I don't want to hear the Reds before the season. Sit there, and you're on a, a talk show, and the Castellini is sitting there, and he's saying, well, you know, I, I don't. what else are you going to do, right? Remember that? He said, literally, he said, what else are you going to do? Like, okay, like, if you can't root for us, where are you going to go? I don't know. I'll have the app bad app and root for another team. I'll go get an ice cream, get a drink if I'm old enough. Go on a, on a roller coaster ride or a Ferris wheel? I don't know. Get hypnotized to pretend I don't root for the Reds? What the hell? What is this stupid kid is that? But they just, like, they're, like, defiant. What do you mean I'm not trying to win? Like, you know, it's why players get so pissed off that they never know how much money the owners have. We don't know how much money they have. We're not paying their salary. You don't want to hear about any of that because you know how I feel about that. But, I mean, come on. It's like, don't lie to me. You broke down the team and punted because COVID and all of your other businesses and whatever else. You lost a lot of money. So you got to go and you got to put that money back somehow. You got to save it from somewhere. So you're lowering the bottom line here. You're going to go ahead and you're going to you make your margins easier for you to handle. So you're not spending a lot because you know you can't make any because the team's not that good anyway. And you got the Votto contract and blah, 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 whatever. And just tell me the damn truth. Truth is, we can't handle the truth. But I don't care. Tell me anyway, right? The Orioles. I remember years ago. You could still find it somewhere. I don't even remember what show it was on. But I had people yelling at me in Baltimore for months. It's still. I, I bet you it's still there somewhere, right? Like you put my name in Baltimore. I wonder if this thing would. I should almost try it. Now. I wonder if this thing would come up. I did some interview somewhere saying that. And I, I would love if somebody finds this at me, because I'll forget by the time we get done talking here or I get done talking to you and myself. But I would love to know how many years it's been not to do like the pat on the back, like, hey, bro, I was right again. But it was a few years ago and they thought they were close. And I was in this interview being like to the interviewer, and I remember But I was in this interview and I. It's gonna be a while. Like, I'm not sure you're aware, and it's okay, but this thing's gonna take a long while, a few years. And I said something like that. Like, it's gonna be longer than you think. It wasn't mean. I remember I even said some good things about like stuff that they were doing. They had uh, gotten Alex Cobb, and there were like a couple of veterans, and they were trying to do you know the things that I, I, I they they got screwed with the opposite way when they dealt and for Scott Feldman and gave up Strope and Arietta, They were trying to do those kind of things the opposite direction, and those are the kind of things you got to do right. And you got to hang with a manager at the time, and then this is what you do right. People were killing me. Like, how could you say it's so long? I mean, have you seen your team? You're in the American League East too, by the way. Like the Orioles, the uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees ain't running out of money, and the Jays were were at the time at you know even before they kind of plummeted it had just been in the postseason a couple of times, and it's taken longer than probably even I said it would. But it's fun watching what's happening with this team. Are they going to make the playoffs? No. And I hate the. I remember Clint Hurdle said to me years ago. When the Pirates first got to 500, like when they were really trying to, to start winning for the first time, and they have been losing for a long time, and he had said something to me like, you know, he didn't like that you know, there were ever any shirts or signs or anybody saying anything about being 500 because it's not about being 500, and I get that. Your, your, your goal is, is not to be mediocre, and if it is, it's only because you're keeping expectations low so that you can exceed them right? People always ask me, how are you? Mediocre, but working on it. I mean, because really, it's like, you know, do you want to know? <laughs> it's like one of these, like, we should do a whole show, and questions you ask, you really don't want the answer to, right? In law, ask you, like, how's the food? Don't want to know the answer, most likely. Like, how are you? Like, do you got an hour? Like, that's why, and yeah, I'm not making this, it's not about whether you're a man or woman or whatever, but people always get on men often for, like, you know, they don't ask, like, how are you or how are you feeling? And they don't want to tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth. A lot of times it's because we know that's going to be 45 minutes, and we don't have 45 minutes, right? So, and by the way, we know that not because there's anything wrong with you. It's because if we were asked that question, we would take 45 minutes to answer it. So it's just like, good. We're good, bro. It's fine. Um, but the Orioles, it's fun watching what they're doing. It's fun watching – the players and the team create an identity. It's fun watching the fans get behind it. It's fun watching the, the underdog kind of mentality that that you know the fans have had to have for so long and now turning it into you know this churn in of, of seven, eight wins in a row as they head here towards the break. I think for them, It is a big deal to be 500. If they could somehow get to 500, I don't think they're going to end the season a 500 team. It's one of the crazy, you know, shitty things about baseball is when you're not a good team, you know, the idea that, like, you know, I don't think the Orioles should be sellers, you're not paying attention, okay? You're not ready yet, all right? You're more ready than you were. You're at the table. You got a spot, okay? But you're not ready for the VIP section yet, all right? We're going to ease you in. You got training wheels on that bike right now. And that's OK. But sometimes now you got to get off it and you got to realize, you know, I hate to do the Paul Abdul, but you got to take two steps uh, forward, two steps back, et cetera. They're going to have to if you could sell and get something at the deadline, you're still forward thinking. You have to be. Now, you know, I want you to try and win. That's how I roll. Right. But you're not ready to win. That's why the prospects are cool, parades are cooler. It's never just like some random thing you say about everything in life. It doesn't work that way. You gotta be ready. It's about pouncing when you can pounce. You're not in pounce territory right now. All right, you're just kind of like dabbling. All right, tippy toes, tippy toes. To quote Sing Two, that's what you do when you're dead. But this is this is where you're at. Okay, you're not pouncing if you're an Orioles fan, but you're in it, <clears throat> and that's and you're you're playing around with with. The, the big boys and you're there and you're a factor. I mean, it makes Jay's fans feel like shit right now, right? So you're you're there, but you gotta and you're in when you're on the graphic it's like four out of a wild card, that's that's what kills you, right? They make you feel bad because you're on the graphic. and I, I always say that that's a thing. Like as a fan, like fans, you don't even admit this or maybe even realize it, but I think all fans have this psychosis I have from like when we were kids. The league leaders would show up. If your guy's on the leaderboard, like when you're watching This Week in Baseball or you're watching whatever, like he's on the board, you know, when they show it up during, like, pregame when they're batting practice, the home run leaders, like, oh, my dude's there. Like, he's right there, right? He's he's on the board. When you're on the board and you're close enough in the wild card, you know, scenario to be on the board, you start kind of getting <clears throat> bigger than you. You're out kicking your own coverage right now mentally if you're an Orioles fan. But you, something magic happens every time you go with the Oriole magic. It's happening right now. You know what the opposite of that is? Everything the Angel fan feels. Everything. Here they are getting beaten up by the Orioles, swept by the Orioles, and you've got Otani who gets voted in to be a DH, gets selected as a pitcher. You get the best player on the, in the world over the last decade, and Mike Trout. You've got them both on the team. You have them both. I mean, look, it's not the NBA, right? LeBron can't take the. I, 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 I don't want to keep getting on Booby Gibson. It's just funny to say Booby Gibson. Booby Gibson, Booby Gibson, Booby Gibson. But like Ilgowskis and all the like, J.R. Smith, Schumpert, like it doesn't matter, right? Hey, look, Michael Jordan, right? We could talk about that the same way, right? What was BJ Armstrong going to be without him? You know, what was Was it Williams or is it Bison Daly? What was his name? Who was he doing? Well, Luke Longley and, and how many other guys? You know, we understand, like, this is the way it is. That sport, it's easier, right? I've mentioned Tom Brady with his receivers. we talked about running backs with offensive lines. It's not that way, right? Or hockey with a great goalie, right? Doesn't matter who's on the team. If Martin Brodeur is dragging you, then he can, here's another Sergei Breland, uh, you know, mentioned, right? So it's not that easy in baseball. You can't just have two dudes and just carry everybody. But how are you having those two players and wasting them? You are wasting them. Mike Trout is being wasted. He being wasted. Otani, being wasted. I mentioned this a few years ago. This is like three, four years ago. This is pre-Otani. But I, I actually went and counted. There was one year. They're both in L.A., quote-unquote, because they're not. I mean, all the way down the five freeway we get, it's not L.A. But, you know, Trout and the Angels were on either Sunday night at the time they had, or I don't remember the other night, Wednesday night, Saturday afternoon, right, Fox, national, national games. He was on five times. The Dodgers that year were on, like, 14, and it was, like, five. How are we five times that he's not in the playoffs? It's five times? Five that everybody could see him? I don't know what it is now. I haven't checked for this year on the schedule, probably more because Otani's on there. Right? Because he's more of a needle mover, even though, you know, Mike Trout, we shouldn't have to put the lower third again, Graphic on the bottom of the screen when he's at the Eagles game, telling you who Mike Trout is. But how do you have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and you show us this horseshit? You suck. It's, it's a nightmare. It's not Joe Madden's fault. It's not one GM's fault. Eventually, when all of the other denominators are gone, you got to go to the one that's common. And this is ownership. Ownership. I said it, ownership. Look, Artie Moreno has been a good owner and has done a lot of things, and let's get all the disclaimers out of the way. But something happened after the Josh Hamilton contract that has never gone back. You know, when they won at a high level, like every other team, you have to have surprises, right? Like nobody knew Adam Kennedy was going to hit three home runs in a big playoff game. You know, you had Erod, uh, you were uh, K Rod, Erod. You had K, nobody knows who Erod is. You had K Rod, who, you know, had stepped up that year and, you know, come up as the eighth inning guy. And you had Percival and you had the David Ecksteins in the world. It wasn't all stars on that team, right? But you could pitch enough. up. You had Jared Weaver and Aaron Seeley and whatever else. But, like, even then, they didn't have great starting pitching. This team's never had a Joe Saunders. I mean, this team's never had great starting pitching. But it is unbelievable. It's like, They're like the Mike D'Antoni or something of baseball. I just, do they not know you have to pitch? Why in the, I love Anthony Rendon. I love it. Tony, I know he's out for the year, but Tony Twobacks, I love Anthony Rendon. I do. All right. It's a shame for him and this team that he ended up with that deal, not for his bank account, clearly. But that is one of the dumber signings. I didn't understand it then. I don't understand it now. And I remember being, and Spilly will be with me in the next podcast, with Spilly, we were doing a broadcast at winter meetings. When that came out, Garrett Cole had been back and forth and forth and back and back and forth with the Yankees and the Angels. and not sure where he's going to go. You're going to go eight years. The Angels are amazing this way. Adrian Beltre, if they go, I don't know if you realize, go look at how many third basemen the Texas Rangers had during the Beltre era. One, a Hall of Famer. Go look at how many the Angels had. I want you to go look. Seriously, go find out for me. What, they have 30? I mean, I don't even know how many guys they tried to teach to play third base, for crying out loud. And do you know why? Because they wouldn't give, and I think it was five and four, but don't quote me, maybe six and five. Whatever the years were, they were the two teams left on Beltre. Texas gave them one extra year. And then all of a sudden, Texas gets Beltre all that time, and the Angels had 38 guys that couldn't play. For one year. That was four years in the future. It's not like one versus two. It's never that. It's never like, I'll give him one year, but I'm not giving him two. It's always like, Nelly Cruz, great example. Sorry, Orioles fans, cover your ears. Nelly Cruz. Remember when he didn't start the season on time, right? And then he ended up getting a prorated deal with the Mariners and then staying with them. All of that was because the Orioles offered him three years, and he wanted four, and they wouldn't give four. Can you imagine if Machado's still there, if Nelly Cruz, who, by the way, they were like, oh, well, maybe the ballpark's too big, it's safe, go. I don't think so. If he was doing all of that every year in Baltimore those years, they probably still would have won. Don't want to pay the extra year. Four years from now. But you're winning now. You can make money now. You can then take all that money you make. I know it's crazy. Take all the money you make and then spread it across. Okay, well, guess what? We probably would have made all these extra millions in the postseason. So now we'll go and take some of this money and we'll go ahead and we'll put it into what this dumpster fire is of this fourth year in this deal we didn't want to do where he's 40-whatever years old. But aren't we thankful we made the postseason the first three times? Are you kidding? You know how much money you made? It's like what I said about Atlanta. They made with the year after the battery, $430 million. They put seventeen back in the team. We act like these guys are going to be broke, sitting there trying to have a Motel 6 leave a light on for them. No, it's not that way. The Angels, with the Josh Hamilton situation, it's like they just lost their minds. Artie Moreno didn't want to spend money. I remember, because look at their pitching. It's the decisions. And those are not just GMs, because going back to, again, what I said about Alex Anthopoulos in a previous podcast, as an example, okay? The GMs are not dumb. They don't get those jobs for being idiots, all right? They understand. They got departments and people with them. They, they're not, they know, right? They understand, like, one player is better than the other, right? They understand that, okay? They know that Pete Alonso is better than Travis Jankowski, just to use two guys that are on the Mets, right? They understand. That's stupid, so when they get to that point and they know they need to pitch and they got Mike Trout and they got the decisions that have been made and the ownership play in them, I could, I could go on forever. Let me give you a few to make Angel fans really upset. When you won 98 games, and I referenced this in, in part one of this two-part here on episode 13. When they won 98 games, all right, in, what was it, 2015 or 60, whatever it was, with the Royals, when they lost in three games. Lorenzo Cain made a great catch, and then Aoki, like, lost his GPS in the outfield, and he made a great catch, right? When they lost that season, after 98 games, you go look at that team, and, look, pooh holes, you had Trout, you, had, I'm not taking away, we're not poo-pooing those guys, right? C.J. Wilson, who everybody wants to crap on because he threw the two-thirds of an inning in game three when, so, you pulled him. You can say whatever you want, but Here's what they had, okay? They had Howie Kendrick, and this, I'm not saying this is bad, but just follow me. Howie Kendrick, who was their most consistent hitter for the last two months going in and a tough out, and still Howie Kendrick. And by the way, what did he do years later after the injury with the postseason? And I want to hear, well, he got injured. He wasn't then. He wasn't injured then. And David Fries, who was the best hitter during that stretch of three games, Right? They didn't bring David Fries back, and they traded Howie Kendrick, like, as soon as you could trade anyone, to the Marlins, I think it was, and then he got moved somewhere else. I think it was a, he was there for, like, four minutes, one of those kind of things. But, like, was it the Heaney deal? I don't even remember. Like, I don't even remember who they got because nobody even cares anymore. But how could you get there and then realize, you know what want will be smart. Let's take the two best hitters on the team, these veteran guys who have really changed our offense, We just won 98 freaking games, and just dump them both. They just dumped them both right away gone david freeze stays in L.A. goes to did he go to pittsburgh first maybe then to la and then i remember when he was in la for a year you want to hear the difference in las here's another this ain't la i remember go look it up even jo- justin turner was like the first thing he told the dodgers after the first year freeze was there i don't care what you got to bring him back now like tomorrow like how, i mean it's ridiculous oh we got a winner on the team let's get rid of him and then they traded kendrick and then whatever but the pitching decisions matt harvey didn't they give him? Was it two years for twenty million or some nonsense? Te- Trevor Cahill, Julio Tehron who was watching? I no, I live here in Atlanta. Okay, you don't have to live in Atlanta during the time. He's a really nice, super nice guy too, by the way. But sorry to shit on you right now. He's a super nice guy. But Julio Tehron was like, I mean, he, in himself, like this enigmatic heart attack every time you, you watch him pitch because it was like for three innings, he's brilliant, and then he sucked, and you couldn't figure it out, and the is five, but it could have been zero. Is it when the manager took him out? Should Freddie have done this earlier? Should we, you don't even know. It drives you nuts. You're in therapy. You got to get hypnotized to forget you watched the guy pitch, and the Angels are going out of their way to pay him money. Nine million dollars. Nine million dollars. Nine million dollars. $20 million in one year combined between Cahill and Harvey. Boom. $29 million on those three when you could have spent that on a Garrett Cole type. So now let's circle back. Garrett Cole, you don't get him. You don't want to go the extra year, just like Beltre and all these other things. We can't do that. You're willing to go eight years, you won't go nine? Like, I get I'm not going four years, and then I'm not going eight years, right? You're not going nine years, but you'll go eight? So you've looked into the future eight years from now? On this date, and you know what the hell you're doing, but then you look nine years from now and you feel differently? Are we serious? But they didn't get him. So then what they decided was, if we can't get Garrett Cole, and teams screw this up all the time, the Orioles, by the way, and I had arguments with everybody on our air about this, and, and this is another one. I, I won this one because we know what Obaldo ended up doing. But the Orioles one year, when they lost, I think it was the year where... Um, I'm trying to remember, Norris left, and he pitched well there. Uh, Tillman got hurt, maybe. They needed pitching. They had gone for, like, other guys that were higher up in the, you know, uh, you know, the echelon, whatever. They hadn't gotten them, so they spent $50 million on Ubaldo Jimenez. Like, if you have extra money in your cash app, do you have to spend it on anything? Like, no, I couldn't get a stake, but give me some RBs. Like, I don't understand that, really, to be honest with you. But they went, and they spent $50 million on Ubaldo Jimenez, and high. there you go. Show alters with the Mets now. We're okay with that. But here's a situation where you didn't get Garrett Cole, you don't have to spend the money. Anthony Rendon can't pitch, save the money. Go now. I know what's happened with him afterwards, everything's hindsight. But Trevor Bauer was the next one, the next year who was up, or whoever. Go trade for somebody with a big contract if you, if you, if that's the way, right? Max was going to be up, whatever. You can't be telling me I can't get Cole, so I'm spending two hundred zillion dollars on Anthony Rendon. I already got hitting. The problem's not that you can't score; you can't stop anyone from scoring. Well, don't worry. We'll get Anthony Rendon with all that pitching money, and then Hansel Robles will save us. The guy the Mets had, like, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand anything the Angels do when it comes to pitching. It's like they have totally punted pitching. You can, in a fantasy draft, like as a, as a, like a, just us, right? You can, as just us, eh? Punt the catcher, i will figure one out. I'll punt closing, I'll get saves later, or something quirky because it don't matter. You got fifty bucks on the line or whatever the hell it is. You don't just like, you don't punt pitching. You can't punt pitching. You cannot. I don't know if they need somebody at Disney to tell them, donald got to come over here and quack it to them. You can't punt pitching. They've been punting pitching since the beginning of time, it seems. It is ludicrous. It is is literally ludicrous. I need a deep breath. But I love what the Orioles have done. Love what the Orioles have done. But that's the GPS thing. It's like, don't lie to me about if the Orioles are going to take, now I was honest, circling back to funnel this out, About It's going to take a long time. That's okay. I mentioned this before in a previous podcast. The Cubs, when they first took over with Jed and Theo in that group, it's like, we have no pitching in the system. We're not ready for big signings. It's going to take a while. But they were honest with the fans. Here's where we're at. Here's where we're going next. Here's what we're going to do. If you can't spend money and not willing to spend money, then just don't – you don't want to not tell a fan, hey, look, I'm broke or I'm cheap. I get that. But you don't have to go overboard. It's, again, going back to I don't have to tell my in-law the food is shit. But I'm not going to go ahead and say it's the greatest thing Mm, is this hand chuck corn that I've ever had. Not going to do that. So if you're sitting there and you're a team, if you're really not going to go for it, don't tell me. Don't make Clint Hurdle stand in front of interviews for years if you're the Pirates owner because the ownership said we want a World Series or bust. Are you kidding? Like you can't do that. You cannot do that. Right. But we've had we've had situations where that happens. The Angels have an owner who's got oodles of money. Money's not a problem for you. I understand you made one bad move with, with Josh Hamilton, but it's like you know a guy who got hit in the helmet doesn't want to go back to the plate again. I mean, it's time to face the fear, because y- your problem is it has it has caused decisions, and I'm I I don't know everyone that whether it was Billy Epler or whoever, right? Going back to the Stoneman days, like I don't even I don't know everyone they could have had that they didn't do, and we know other things have happened with this team. Speaking of with pitchers, but I. But. I would almost guarantee you, even though it's hard to do that because literally I wasn't in the room any of the times, but just think about it, and you think about other things I know of, relationships I've had, and, and you think about common sense, right? When you're making decisions like that, there are times where the GM is telling you, no, we should go for it here. We should give an extra year. We really need this guy. And the owner is telling you no. The owner is telling you no. I remember the year after the Hamilton thing. That next year, and I, I happen to remember something odd about it that it looks, but it is very specific. but Jody McDonald, who I love to death, who, who is a friend and I love listening to as I was growing up that's how I mean he looks younger than me, I think now still, Joe, if he's listening. but I, I remember being on his show uh, at, he was doing a show during the afternoon on Sirius XM, and I was out on the road doing you know the spring training tour stuff and I remember it was the year. I think they finished in first the year before, and I said that the Angels were going to stink and finish in fourth place, and like he and I can't remember who he was with, like everybody was making fun of me, and I think they finished worse than that, maybe, but I remember going to the camp the next year, it was bizarre, and I'm not getting on any of these individuals, but left field that year, Upton, who got overpaid, Cespedes, there were a bunch of others, again, it's easy now, right? Oh, well, they, they knew not to get Cespedes. Like, they didn't know he was going to get lost or lose his diamonds or leave. or we, No. They had Craig Gentry and Daniel Nava and a host of others and we're just going to figure out the other two outfield spots outside of Trout. And I'm like, this team's not winning anymore. I said it on the air. That day. I was there for a day. Now, that's dumb and ludicrous on my part. Thankfully, I was right. But you could just tell they lost it. Like, that go-for-it was gone. Like, they were somebody who was out of a bad relationship and was never going to get a date again until they reminded themselves that they could still, like, have confidence, or in this case, if they could spend money. Because they just were, like, not themselves. Like, you're, you're, not, you're not Gentry and Nava. You're the Angels. Like, it wasn't long ago you won 98 games. Like, you got the best player in the world in Mike Trout. It, Disney's right here. It's a beautiful spot. What the hell are you doing, right? But nope. And by the way, that's how they started spending on pitching and been that way ever since. Been that way ever since. They lucked out with Bundy. They had a couple that, like, but he didn't give up anything to get these guys. Like, what are you doing? A a, a mess. I hate that. If you're going to win and try to win, then I'm behind you. If you're going to try your best to win, but you can't spend a lot, but you're honest with me, I'm behind you. If you're going to sell me a steak and give me Arby's, I'm not behind you. I'm way out in front of you because I'm on the run. Run, run, I ran so far away. I mean, come on, man. Don't be selling me a Mastro steak Then give me some old wet roast beef. Get me on Twitter at Casey Stern. Episode 14 in full uh, with Spilly on the uh, first half and All-Star is coming up at you uh, tomorrow and next year on the pod. Hope you enjoyed. Hope to see you guys soon. Much love. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants.